Welcome to the Advisor Insights Series. My name is uh, Louise Brockman. I'm the founder and CEO of the Advisory Board Centre. I'm here with Roger Fair today, who's a certified chair and very experienced in advisory boards. Welcome, Roger. Thank you, Louise. Good to be here. Right. And Roger, I, I'm very interested to start with to find out a bit about your experience around advisory boards. Yes. Well, um, you know, I've spent a long career in uh, IT and particularly sales and marketing uh, focused organisations. Um, did a stint in the UK uh, with a major organisation, came back to just over two years ago now and um, decided I wanted to move more into the portfolio rather than professional background, I guess. And uh, by accident a little bit, came across the advisory board center, which uh, at that time, I think it's fair to say was still somewhat embryonic. But, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a great organization and has really sort of built my uh, professional uh, or portfolio uh, career in the last two years around uh, a lot of those principles in the organization itself. That's great. So you've been involved now in several advisory boards. Um, what's the impact that you've seen the advisory boards have had actually on the organisations that, that you're supporting? Yes, well, it provides a, a good deal of uh, flexibility, particularly, and uh, if we look at the advisory board charters uh, are all about, it's there obviously to be, you know, the problem solving uh, boards and particularly, uh, dare I say it, CEO's best friend or, or uh, not necessarily friend but the, the shoulder to, to lean on which uh, I, I think everybody acknowledges the traditional governance boards you know don't really provide that uh, based upon being decision making boards and uh, you know somewhat arm's length um, so have seen significant um, obviously change and, and obviously improvements with all the organizations I've worked around and just understanding how the particularly growing organizations cope with that growth and then the organizational structures they need to go through. Mm, it's interesting I've been doing the research on the new state of the market report that will be released this year um, and the impact of advisory boards that are in the measurement of the business growth score um, and uh, the the two key areas is around business confidence and 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 revenue and growth inside the business. Um, have you seen specific areas of impact on the advisory boards that, that, that you've seen actually on the owner themselves? Yes, well, it, you know, each one's different, dare I say it. Uh, and it, it is the coming back to the problem solving, um, you know, and solution finding aspect of things. And uh, with the advisory boards I've been uh, involved in, um, a number of them are, are stable organizations and growing and looking at different growth opportunities and certainly by that right through to um, organizations that have got um, some dramas, dare I say it, within, you know, basic uh, governance, shareholding, uh, ownership type issues, which we work through. So it's certainly varied. Um, the, the major thing is to focus on the job at hand and particularly the charter of the uh, advisory board itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roger, we we had the opportunity to uh, work together on a uh, on a presentation late last year around the growth of theme based advisory board meetings. Uh, do you want to give me some insight around that? Of what's worked for you? Yeah, um, I, I mean the very nature of the, 
the advisory board structure is that, as we say, it's it's there to um, you know work through problems and and obviously find solutions, which is difficult to do under a traditionalist type board structure, whereby an agenda might come out. Uh, and a little bit tongue in cheek, the items on in a three hour agenda might be everything from how do we do, you know, double digit sales growth? How do we, um, we've got an acquisition opportunity. We've got one of the shareholders who wishes to exit the company and we also need to do a total organization restructure. And that should cover a couple of hours and we also need to leave time for a general business. Uh, it tends to be a, a rush around the houses, if you like, if based upon that and what often happens is either there's a deep dive into one of those topics and therefore every other topic doesn't you know get addressed and and a little bit dare I say it as a talk fest um, or alternatively it's it's a rush around the houses as I said and we we go skim across the top and agree to agree to revisit it next board meeting so the theme-based advisory board I think we use the analogy poor analogy maybe of the hamburger uh, the meat in the middle, if you like, is the uh, is the theme of the day. But let's leave room around the, the buns around the outside to, to to do the other stuff, which is, you know, the other items at hand, maybe urgent items, plus, you know, follow ups from previous that. And uh, I've uh, been experienced in or had experience with some of the, the boards I'm on. Uh, where that's working very well to say that, uh, you know, it allows a, a good period of focus on the particular area. doesn't mean it's the only time it, it gets addressed. It may be, you know, revisited again into to between two and six months, but it's starting to gain traction in that area. Mm. It's a great way to keep the energy going with a group of people. You know, your advisory board might be 18 months, maybe three years of working together to keep that energy going within the group. Sure. And it also allows, um, you know, the, the concept of advisory boards where you've got project based advisory boards or the term I like the pop up advisory board type uh, approach, you can, you can start to um, uh, integrate that in a way by having uh, the thing because the, the, the challenge that uh, pop up or project based advisory boards is, is that they, they suddenly become parallel universes. Mm -hmm. And maybe the two parties are not, uh, not involved which which can form a divide and conquer type thing not not, not deliberately but this way you can in, invite uh, subject matter experts obviously from external um, other advisors or uh, as importantly um, key key members of staff from the organization mm -hmm. if it's an organizational restructure you need to do a could be head of HR, head of uh, manufacturing, etc. If it's um, something to do with an acquisition, then an external advisor who's experienced in M and A um, could could well join the party. Yeah, yeah, and and it kind of breaks the 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 thinking that an advisory board is a set structure. We, advisory boards are inherently flexible, aren't they? And so we've got to harness that opportunity. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, the, very, very true. It, it is a framework. It's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Freedom in a framework, Roger. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very interested yeah. in your top three tips, Roger. What are your top three tips, uh, firstly, uh, for, for businesses that uh, are looking potentially at having an advisory board? Yeah, the, t the top three, I think the, f the first is that, um, uh, you know, under, understand what it, what it is you want. Uh, 
heard so many stories of saying, look, I set up an advisory board some time ago and it didn't work because I got a few people together who knew something or I knew them and we, we got together and we had a chat about various things. And in the end of the day, I didn't agree with some of the stuff I said and I found I was doing all the work anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so it disbanded and, and I hear that story so often. So it's really understanding what it is you, you want. And that comes back to another good uh, piece of material the advisory board has, which is the advisory board charter. And rather than that being a document, which everybody just hurriedly signs and puts in the bottom, bottom drawer and, and gains, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, some of that is in uh, self-evident, but the, the part which said, well, the objectives and goals and what we expect to see out of that's important. So that's, that's the first uh, area. Um, this, the second area, I would say is to undertake the fact that it, it still needs to be structured. You know, whilst we talk about being flexible to a framework, the advisory board should should still be structured. It should still have uh, minutes to what was talked about last time. It should have time frames, and therefore that's the role of the chair to make sure they're doing their job correctly. And the third thing, and I think this is probably common with both um, advisory boards and governance boards is the biggest area of frustration is an agreed set of actions uh, happens out of the evening. And even, in, you know, it's not decisions in an advisory board case, but it could be actions. That, and lo and behold, the next advisory board comes up and to, you know, two, three months and oh no, we haven't actually done any of that. We haven't even looked at it, you know, to say, well, what way, you know, we, we what we've in fact done is every two months we're going to have a talk fest, you know. So, whilst actions don't need to be, you know, by who, by when, and has that person done it and report every, you know, that sort of thing, if uh, at least addressing the issues that have been and what are the outcomes from that, that would be the, that would be the third thing. Yeah, good. And three tips for advisors. Yeah, the first is uh, be patient. Um, uh, I, I, you know, attend a lot of the forums and people have joined the advisory board and they're moving into a professional um, uh, career, a portfolio career from perhaps a professional career otherwise. And, uh, and then two months later says, oh, this is hopeless. I haven't got any, uh, I haven't, haven't been invited on any advisory boards I've employed or I've tried yet. Probably takes two years to build a, a reasonable portfolio. I'd say, Louise, you'd be more experienced than I at this one, but that would be my my feel before you get real traction. So being patient is, is the first thing. Um, the second one is to to be flexible. Um, you know, because every problem you're going to um, solve, you you know, it's uh, listening rather than telling so much uh, that that sort of things. And also, probably and particularly if you're moving into the role as a chair, uh, understand where you, you know, you use the resource network that we have within the advisory board or other networks you have to call in expertise when you need it. Because yes, everybody believes they, are, they know a little bit about all the topics, but if it's a particular, uh, for instance, you know, uh, there's uh, one or two people I work with, particularly in the M&A space, and these people do this day in, day out. You know, I'm aware of it. I, you know, I've been involved in a lot of it, but these are the people you want to be able to, to do that. Might be in the legal space, it may be organizational restructure, it might be whatever, but use the resources available as well. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's good counsel. And I guess that's why 
for the advisory board centre itself, the diversity of our, our community is so important because you're right, we, we all have limits. We need to understand the ethical boundaries of where we should be providing advice and when we shouldn't be. Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Roger, thank you so much for uh, not only sharing your insights, but also the good work that you're doing out there in, in making a difference. So thank you for sharing your insights today. A pleasure, Louise. Okay, bye for now. Thanks. Bye.